If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. A reasoning is a conversation that's best had with libation. So grab your cocktail of choice and let's have a reasonings with me, Odessa. about an up-and-coming artist and a song from an up-and-coming artist like I am about TJ and this track, Drift, which I am declaring. I, Odessa Chambers, is declaring this the dancehall song of the summer. Many have others, but this is what I'm declaring. So let's see. Let's see. But big up to TJ. Big up to Solid Agency Group. Big up to Shaggy. Everybody that has really promoting this youth. And I just got to big him up because he's from Mobay, he reps Mobay, and Mobay is part of my family team. So big up TJ. Now, I am so excited, guys. I'm so excited because Reasons with Odessa podcast is now a part of Revolt TV family. We're part of the Revolt TV family, and we're officially the first Caribbean podcast to be on the Revolt Podcast Network. That's a big deal. So I'm happy to be representing Jamaica, obviously the African diaspora and the UK. And you're just going to see a lot more things happening. It's going to open us up to a lot more listeners and hopefully a lot more money as well. Because you know what? We need to get this funded anyway. Let's go into our first segment, which is going to be really with Christine and me. All right, so I'm back with Christine and it's time for There Are Some Things That Make You Go. Really? All right, so Christine, welcome back. It's been a while. Now it's, it's been, been a while. It's been a while, wow. Because the last time you're like, it's been a while, it was only like two weeks. Yeah. We understand. It's been over a month, isn't it? It's been over a month, for a lot more month, than yeah. that. Went to New York, came back. Mm-hmm. And we've just been working, working, working. And not jerking, not chicken, but we're just at work, yeah? <laughs> so, Christine, um, you have a couple of things that you've been, well, we do, mm-hmm. that's been irking us. One is yep. about our lovely government. Lovely, you see. A lovely government mm. that's happening right now. Things are going on in Jamaica that the whole island basically has been going, really? Because, <laughs> Christine, you tell them. All right. So a couple of weeks ago, our lovely Minister of Finance mm-hmm. advertised or he revealed mm-hmm. the salary increases for the politicians. Mm-hmm. The ministers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some of which would have surged past 200%. 200. So the prime minister's salary in particular would have gone from 9 million a year 
to 28 million. So let me pause for a cause. The listeners that are listening in the United States, this is not million US dollars. This is Jamaican. Mm-hmm. All right. So we can continue. Yes. Um, so there was a lot of backlash because the public sector did not receive anything close to that. So people came out, people protested. And lo and behold, Sir Prime Minister said he wasn't going to take any of his salary increase. For as Prime Minister, but I don't mm-hmm. think he has... He's still a minister. He's still a minister. So is he going to deduct his money from his minister or is it just as being the prime minister? That's the question that is floating around Twitter mm-hmm. and a lot of spaces as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I was very annoyed and I was very hurt for the teachers, the nurses, the police, police. the soldiers, mm-hmm. the public sector, civil self servants. It It really was... It's hard and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Before we were on our way here to the to to Kingston Creative um, Hub to do this podcast, we saw people still on the road protesting. Yeah, and it just kind of broke my heart still mm-hmm. because they've been asking for a raise of pay and them not getting nothing. If and to think that Sir Big Nose Andrew Holness, that's what we call him, allegedly. <laughs> 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 I want to get told off. I don't want nobody coming after me. I don't want nobody from JLP to come after me. I know me. I know Christine. That's just what they say. Well, Jamaicans call him nose. Mm -hmm. And we know why. But go ahead. To think that this increase came after. This increase was announced after the increases were announced for the private, for the public sector workers. They received, I think, 33% increase, some of them. Mm -hmm. But... 33% 33% increase of a dollar, for example. It's mm. not going to be a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then after you're telling them, okay, that's the best we can do, you go and put, you increase your salary by 200%. Crazy. 200%. Crazy. These and, are the and people. Other, and other people that don't even, ministers that, like, there's some ministers that we know work. Mm-hmm. We've got to give them their props mm-hmm. where their props is needed. One is Minister Bartlett. Yep. Minister of Big Tourism. Up Eddie. Huh? Big up Eddie. Eddie? Eddie Edmund. Oh, that's what you call him. Okay, Eddie. Yes. All right. <laughs> he deserves it. I, mm-hmm. that, this man works hard. Mm-hmm. There are some others that... Not so much. I'm happy that one of them... Floyd Green is back. Yeah. I know he had a little indiscretions mm-hmm. before. I hope he has learned his lesson, but I like Floyd. Yeah, I like him too. I like um, him. I think he's actually good for that yeah. um, ministry. Yeah. I think he did very well with yeah. that. So I like Floyd. Welcome back. But the rest of them, some of them, mm-hmm. we don't know what the tech picture, <laughs> social and, media. And to note that the ministers here in Jamaica, they do not have a job description. Mm. So they can get away with so many things mm-hmm. while you're out there collecting some big money. Mm-hmm. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. So yeah, that's really a really. And then so he's taken back his money, and um, then he's talking about this whole cashless thing, which is I... something that I think he's gaslighting Jamaica. I think so. And Jamaicans take with a fool. Yeah, I'm take with an idiot, man. So I'm take with an idiot. So. I don't know. One minute we're going cashless and he's adamant about it. And then the next minute he's saying that, no, they are fixing up for new 
the, set of cash that we're yeah, going to have. The, the, the release of the banknotes. New banknotes, mm-hmm. right. I don't get it. But if you really watch what's going on in Nigeria, you can see that something else is going to happen in Jamaica as well when it comes to this cashless thing. Majority of the world is going cashless little by little. Yeah. Me going back to London and seeing how, say, I could say 70% of it is cashless. Mm-hmm. And then going back to New York in March and just noticing how there's certain little changes happening for it to be more cashless than mm-hmm. as it is normally. So I just think they need to be honest. I just, you know, yeah. just just be honest. Just stop reading a script and just kind of be honest with the people of what's going on. We've got a lot of fish to fry. Crime is still high, very, very high mm-hmm. in the country. And I just think that they need to do better and just be honest to the people mm-hmm. that put them there. They still work mm-hmm. for us. You you work for us. Yeah. So, yeah. Andrew, Yageta. Really? <laughs> All right. So, Christine, you told me something really funny today. And it's to do with... Um, Odd one, odd ones who's a huge fan of Taylor Swift. Odd one, I'm odd one has been on the podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. So her, she is what you call a Swifty, mm-hmm. and the Swifty fans, what there's oh. some way. Tell just oh, tell God. Him. All right, so some TikTokers have posted videos of themselves either pondering or executing a plan to include adult diapers Jesus in their concert Christ. outfits. Selma put on the pens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they don't want to miss any of her songs by going to going for bathroom breaks. So they're wearing diapers, peeing on themselves just so they don't miss any of Taylor Swift's songs or per- performances. Why are these Swifties there? Eh? Yeah. They're going hard. Much. They're that's... going hard, man. They're going no, hard. No. I don't understand. Mm-mm. I don't understand. Like... Would you do that for any artist? Which artist do you think you'd ever do well, that I for? Think I, don't, I don't know. Not even Burner. And you know, mm-hmm. every every episode I mention, honorable <laughs> mention of Burner Boy. And no, not even Burner Boy. Would, not even in the heyday of Michael Jackson. Mm-mm. I held my wee-wee in at Wembley Stadium <laughs> to see Michael Jackson. I held my wee-wee in watching Prince and Janet Jackson, mm. Bobby Brown. Nah, I wouldn't do it. You never need diapers. I don't man. need, That's I don't need, uh, no. It's much. It's a bit extreme. Like. I think they, I think <laughs> the Swifties are extreme anyway. I think they're extreme. I don't even know if anyone's doing that for Beyonce's Renaissance. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, that really made me go, Really? Many of us want to know the backstory of Afrobeats and there's a really dope documentary that's out on Netflix called Afrobeats, The Backstory. So I got a chance to catch up with the producer of this. He's in Jamaica and um, it was a great reasonings. Let's check out reasonings with Io Shania. Okay, so it's reasonings with Odessa and I'm here with a man that has taken his time out to come and talk to me. He's produced an amazing documentary um, called The Backstory of Afrobeats. And you can check that out on Netflix um, for those who have Netflix and can't teeth no more from your family member them. <laughs> 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 so welcome, Ayo Shania. Big up yourself. Ba-na-na-na. 
We have to do the drum roll effects. Sound the yeah. big thing. It's a sound system thing. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for having me. Thank oh, it's amazing. Thank you for having me yesterday. Yeah, was, that's true. That's true. I was very happy to be a part of um, Why You're Here in Jamaica. Yes. Um, the backstory of Afrobeats and it's part two, part mm -hmm. two that mm -hmm. you're doing. Yes. So for those that haven't um, watched it before, I want to know a little bit about you, your background, okay. and why did you decide to do a documentary about Afrobeats? Mm -hmm. So basically a little background on me. Uh, I'm a filmmaker and I'm also a lawyer. So I went to film school before I went to law school. I went to film school in, in Florida and I went to law school in England. And it was from my law school that I got into music where I was a lawyer for for a big artist from Nigeria. Who is who is that? His name is K1 the Ultimate. Mm -hmm. And he's the biggest Fuji. Fuji is another genre of music. Mm -hmm. It's very popular genre of music in Nigeria. It's very traditional, it's very drums. And um I was his lawyer and then I became his manager. And then I did that for five years. And then I started seeing that a lot of the young cats in Nigeria were getting into hip hop and pop and soul and you know there was like a, something happening around that 98 99 and i kind of like looked at it and i'm thinking okay because i'm a hip-hop head as well because right. you know i, I right, lived in me New too York. so when i did my time with the uh, uh fuji musician mm -hmm. i had already started integrating with all these young cats so mm -hmm. you know i moved into management with you know the pioneers of afrobeat from nigeria called the tribesmen Right. So I did the tribesmen for about four years. But in between that time, I just kept meeting new guys, new guys, new guys, including Dibanj, Don Jazzy. And, you know, but the crucial thing about me doing, you know, in, in my music career, music management career, is that because I've been to film school, I used to record everything. I carry a camera. It was no mobile phone. Well, there was mobile there was mobile yeah. phone, yeah, but I had like a little camera that I was just recording everything because I was going on tour for like four months, five months. So I wanted to record a lot of stuff and then show my kids after I get back. Yeah. And that's how it just kept going, going that I ended up recording footage for 20 years. Wow. Between 1999 and 2019. Wow. So you have everything. And, I have and everything that's, behind the scenes. And that's when scene, you decide to put together, together this, this yeah. documentary. And then tell the story because it was at that time, I believe that, Proper Afrobeats sprung up in 1999, or it became a force mm -hmm. that we can, you mm -hmm. know, it's been, you know, they've been published, there's been dancehall artists, mm -hmm. there's been, but when everything kind of like gelled in 1999, it's just coincidental that the time I started recording was when this thing was kind of like forming. And who so was that, like that stories. key artist that everybody could say, yo, this is Afrobeats? Well, there's, not one artist and it's actually three boy bands okay or boy groups right so there's the remedies mm -hmm. that had three members mm -hmm. so they used to do like um one of them eddie montana would sing the melodies idris will rap and then uh tony tetula would be like the in-between so that's a three-man group mm -hmm. so the next one is plantation boys which includes two-face yeah, I know yeah, Two-Face. Yeah, two so Two-Face is now, everybody knows who Two-Face is. Two-Baba, yeah. Two-Baba from Young, Young Rich yeah, yeah. and African. Yes, that's the one on Netflix. Yeah, yes, one yes. on Netflix right now. But, you know, he's one of the pioneers as well. So, right. So there was Two-Face, Blackface, and Phase. 
three boy bands, uh, three, three, three members in a boy band. So that's the second band. And then the third one is a three man group as well. But they are more hip hop and I was their manager. Ah. So that's the tribesmen. That's LD, Kaboom and Freestyle. So basically, but they were more, all three uh, boy bands, they were different. Remedies will sing melodies in Yoruba or in Pidgin and mm. then Idris will rap. Plantation Boys were pretty much more R&B, more dancehall. And then Tribesmen were pretty much straight up hip hop. You know, right. they, even, they even have like American accents oh, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So those three boy bands, I, I don't know why I'm calling them boy bands. Those three groups right. were the foundation of what we call Afrobeats today. So it's not just one person. Right. But then again, it's not just the artists, it's the people behind the scenes, like the first guy to start, uh, uh, not a radio show, kind of like a radio and TV show, putting them, you know, on there. And don't forget, that was the beginning of the internet in Nigeria as well. Wow. So a lot of people could, I mean, the internet has been before. Yeah, but... But 1999, 2000, I think 1998 was the first time, apart from the government, like um, uh, personal mast for internet. And that was the father of one of the tribesmen. He was the first guy in Nigeria to have like a, you know, those radio masks right. they use for internet. Right. So we would go to the studio and we can send things out. We can put stuff on online for people to listen to. So it's kind of like just started around that 99. It wasn't one person. It was just a group of people. How did the radio thing take off in the UK? Because a lot of people say, I left, I left London before... Mm-hmm. The Afrobeats movement started. I mm-hmm. came to Jamaica in 1992. Yo, me, I show my age, everybody. Mm-hmm, no matter mm-hmm. calculate it. Pa. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I that was when I finished film school. 92. That's when you finished film school. Mm-hmm. So how because my mate, Emma Donka, I've got to always bigger up. She was the first mm-hmm. person that kind of introduced me to the sound of Afrobeats okay. movement and the movement and what was happening because she was on radio. Mm-hmm. And um, which radio was she on? You know, I can't remember. I okay. can't remember. But not Choice? No, no. I worked at Choice, you know. Ah, I worked cool, at Choice. Cool, cool. My uncles used to run Choice. Uh, That's Neil Kenlock? Uh, Neil Kenlock oh, and cool. Patrick Berry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of my radio um, background started at Choice FM mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. it was in Brixton. Yeah, when it was, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I have to find out from Emma okay. what radio station she worked at. Okay. And um oh, was it a pirate radio station? No, no, I don't think it was a pirate station, but you know, <laughs> they, they, they would have played, played the real thing, you know okay, what I mean? Okay. Mm-hmm. But it was like when I got to Jamaica, and I think it was around that time when you were telling me, like 1999 going into the 2000s, is yeah. when she said, Adessa, mm, this things, is, things, this things is a sound that you need to hear, mm-hmm. and this is a sound that you need to. So in the UK, what was the first like radio station that kind of picked up this vibe and this movement? Okay, there's a, we call them community radios, but they're really, they are pirate radio yeah. stations. <laughs> so there's a community radio in Nigeria called, ah, uh, oh, I've forgotten, um, something power. Mm-hmm. Um, Niger- and, and power, that's it. Niger power. Okay. So, you know, they didn't want to call it Niger because they wanted to make it African. So it's called mm-hmm. N power radio. Mm-hmm. So N power radio was a pirate radio station. It was transmitting somewhere from Greenwich. And they used to just play. But the only audience were just Nigerians that kind of like tune. Because radio, you know, it doesn't have, you know, you have to tune to it Mm -hmm. to get it. So Mm -hmm. it was kind of like just local. And then there were some Ghanaians that had another pirate radio station where they play a lot of, you know, Ghanaian. But the only people that listened to it were either Ghanaians or Nigerians. Right. 
So this was around like the 99 to 2000. Actually, I think it was 2000 more. And they needed that. They, they didn't have an outlet yeah. that could play It was just for the community, yeah. yeah. And then they, they will make some money by just uh, advertising for people that sell, you know. If you want to buy Nigerian food, you go to, you know, Tasty, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, just very local. Mm -hmm. But then in 2003, when I was just coming off a tour with the artist that I used to manage, uh, mm -hmm. K1 The Ultimate, a friend of mine called Alistair, Alistair Shoyode, he got a TV license on Sky to run a TV station. So I think he worked so hard to get a TV license that when they gave him the TV license, he didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So what he did was he just put some um, some free stuff, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, some stuff that you don't need to license. But a lot of it is religion. Maybe mm. just some, you know, some... Uh, so everybody thought Ben TV, that was the name of the yeah, TV. Yeah, I remember yeah, Ben. Yeah, Ben TV. Everybody thought he was a religious station. But no, he was just putting all those religious stuff because that's the that's only thing. You don't want, the only you don't content want the they to had blank, at the time. Blank, yeah. Yeah. So he called me after I came off tour and he said, you know, I know you did film. I know you have some footage. You know, do you want to put some footage on, on Ben TV? I'm like, what is Ben TV? So I explained to them, like, I sat. So he tuned it to me. He tuned it, you know, the channel. It was 238 then. And I saw, I'm like, this is going nationwide. I said, so what do you want me to do? He said, well, whatever, you know, can you help me fill up 24 hours? So I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. Because I go to Nigeria back and forth. Right. So I'm going to go to Nigeria, get some music videos, some mm -hmm. early music videos, mm -hmm. and basically just run it. And then we start creating programs. So mm -hmm. I was the first programs director for Ben TV. Ben TV started February 2003. I joined April, so like two months later. It's funny you should say that because I created a, a music channel here in Jamaica called Music Plus. Oh, wow. With okay. um, Ras Kassa, Kevin Lee, hmm. um, Nadia Rose, and the late great Trevor um, Bailey. Hmm. And we were actually... At one point, Ben TV wanted content from me. Oh wow! Okay. To bring to the UK, to be, yeah, yeah, so because we wanted to make Jamaican it inclusive. Content, yeah, you know, we we didn't even think it was just going to be. I mean, it's owned by Nigerian, but we were not thinking only Nigerian. No, it was for in, us. In fact, so when I started putting music videos, just to hold time, mm -hmm. so I would do a six minute, uh, six minute, six hour block of some programs from Nigeria, but mainly music. Mm -hmm. We would just run it four times, and in Luke between it. that time. Within the first week that I started, I, I spent my first week in the Ben TV studios, just coming up with different programs, shooting interviews. I created a program called Out and About. You know, we just go out and, you know, just interview Nigerians at Peckham Market, right. you know, you know, and just put it on, you know. And then I thought, let me start doing something with this music. Let me create a program called Intro, mm -hmm. which is introducing Nigerian and African videos and music to the whole of the, the UK and beyond. Because mm -hmm. you, see, you get Sky in Germany yeah. and all those places. And I got my friend DJ Abbas to be the presenter. And that's, that's, and that's how, how it started. Took off. So basically what we were doing is we were playing all the Remedies, Trisman. Of course, I, I was their manager. So, right. they, so they, of course they got you got to push your own. Yeah, more playlists. <laughs> so I was just putting them on. And then we started getting... Oh, let me, let me tell the story the right way. So... We did intro as a recorded program for two weeks mm -hmm. on a Wednesday, two hour program. We just talked nonsense. We did we edit. We put it out. So there was one day I was in the studio and I saw some, a, a little screen on the side with a lady and I'm looking in the studio. There was, that lady was not there. So I'm asking the studio guys, an Indian guy called Vivek. I said, 
where is that source coming from? He said, no, 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 she's in Dubai. I'm like, so what's, he said, yeah, we're doing a live link. I'm like, a live link? You can do live TV here? Mm -hmm. He said, yeah, we can transmit live here. We, I'm like, you can transmit live, you can take phone calls. You can. I'm yeah. like, ne I said to Abbas, next week we're going live. You better uh -huh. get ready. There's no more mistake, no more take two. We're going to go live. When we started going live and we scrolled a number on the bottom of the screen right. to call in, everybody started calling. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, I love Nigerian videos you're playing. Da, da, da. And that's how this Afrobeats that Movement we're talking about started. started in the UK. Right, in right, the UK. right. So, Intro went on for like four years, but in between that time, there were spin-offs, we did concerts, we mm -hmm. got Nigerian artists. So everything now started, you know, and then we got some Jamaicans to join us. Right. There's a guy, oh, what's his name? Oh, I've forgotten his name. He came with a program called Urban. He didn't want to call it Urban, he called it E-R-B-A-N, oh, Ur Urban. Urban, yeah. yeah. So we had like a little Jamaican thing right. going on. We had some little Canadian thing going on. And then it just started growing and growing to the point where you know, people in Nigeria were like, oh, they saw me in London. Oh, okay. You know, like somebody would do mm -hmm. a music video in Nigeria and then we're watching it in London. So we're doing it. So we used to go to Nigeria every three months to wow. record footage and, back. and bring it back. We go to Ghana. So did, that's did, how we started. Did you ever think that the movement of Afrobeats would ever be where it is today? I keep saying it. We never knew it was going to get this big, even though I wanted it to get this big. Mm -hmm. I have always had this dream for Afrobeats to as big to be as big as reggae. Mm. Reggae was my my format. Like how can uh, a small sorry to say small, but I mean it is mm -hmm. small. <laughs> a small island like this create music that the whole world is listening to. Because we're big boat here. Well, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. And Nigeria, but we talawa, and that's a saying that we have. We're small, but we are. But mighty, small but mighty. Yeah. Yeah. Small body, big engine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Nigerians are like that as well, right. even though we're the most populous. But but they say the same thing like Jamaicans are like Nigerians. Of and the Nigerians Caribbean. are like Jamaicans. I've been it's seeing that in the past four days right. being here. It's the <laughs> it's same. same. Yeah. Except People for, drive except crazy. For Nigeria as well. is on 10. Yes. <laughs> so, we, we have that bravado, we have that uh, vim, we can, def you know. Yeah. You know. So, I think that's the, the only difference. You understand? So for me, this movement, I thought, oh, imagine if this music can be as big as reggae. Mm -hmm. But I think it is getting there now. I, I never, th well, I never well, thought it was going to come this now, fast. So, why, so you are here now to do part two of Afrobeats, Afro the backstory. The yes. backstory. Mm -hmm. And it, you mentioned to me, you know, there was a thing that came out with, with Rodney, my, yes. my brethren, my brother, mm -hmm. Bounty Killer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they take bites of... Yes. We're, we're into clickbait culture right oh, now. Oh, yeah, And they're course. taking bites mm. and stuff of... Um, they're taking bites of the interview that he did. Yes. And... Um, one second. And, and they um, basically took a bite mm -hmm. and kind of mixed it around and acted like Bounty was saying... Like Afrobeats is like was he dissing. was dissing yeah. the Afrobeats like movement, no, yeah. but he's not. He was actually saying that this, you know, there's a lot of talk. Okay, for the past year and a half or two years, mm -hmm. Afrobeats is taking over from dancehall mm -hmm. and blah 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 and this and that. And mm -hmm. me, I'm a person. Everybody knows that I've, I'm all about building the bridge between my people me too. here in the Caribbean mm -hmm. and in Africa. Mm -hmm. It's very important for us to become one to make us 
power, more powerful because yes, we're yes. the same I, people. I believe so too. Yes, we're mm-hmm. all from you know where we don't know exactly if we're from West Africa. Where from West Africa? It could be Ghana. It could be Nigeria. It could as be Benin. As long it could as be you're a black man, Ga- you're, you're an African. African. Sing it again. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where you come from, hey, as, as long, long as you're, you're a black man, man you're, you're an, an African. African. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we. It's 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 just so important for us to 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 to, to join forces. Yes. So what Rodney was saying mm-hmm. is basically he was just trying to say that we need to dance hall has kind of taken a dive and it's to do with the sound mm-hmm. and to do with the new um trap yeah. movement that's it's happening. Like there's no right melody now. in there's dance no hall anymore. Melody. Yeah. We've lost a lot of essence that was what was pure about us yes. and we need to get it back. Yes. And why do people love Afrobeats a lot more? Because it reminds them of 90s dance. Yes. It makes me happy. It yes. makes us move. It yes. makes us, you know what I mean? It, it dance. Yeah. Put it that it's way. Like That's why the dance the groove back. Right. Yeah. But they're mm-hmm. very melodious in mm-hmm. what they do with their sound. So what he was doing stuff. was he was using Bonaboy's yeah as an example. Right. But maybe he's the, in his demeanor, the way he was saying, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the way he was saying it, that's, that's the, little bit that they took yeah and they blew it up and people thought he was mocking it yeah without watching the whole thing how can we mock what's ours already that's another thing that's so another thing. there's a lot of things where people are upset about dancehall not so when afrobeats first came out it was blown up a lot mm-hmm. of the artists mm-hmm. never really mentioned reggae or dancehall as as an inspiration, as, as, an inspiration or, yeah, or mm. as it's embedded into the yes, sound. Yes. They mention hip hop, they mention everything else but mm-hmm, reggae and mm-hmm. dancehall. And that's what kind of made this little friction thing yeah, happen yeah. with, with everybody. Because if you listen to uh, Come Closer, Whiskey, you mm-hmm. know, like a, a lot of people outside of Nigeria or globally, they, they think hip uh, hop, they, they, they think uh, Afrobeat started with Whiskey and Davido. They think they, no, seriously. <laughs> well, they were the popular say, yeah, ones, yeah, right? Exactly. And then when when Whiskey did that song, uh, oh no, when Drake jumped on Oju Elegba, mm. the next song was Come Closer. Come mm. Closer is, is a dance hall song. song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually Baby, sounded like popcorn voiced it, and his yeah. and his tone of his voice is very exactly. popcorn. But maybe because Whiskey did not really go into by saying that, you know, he just went straight for the Drakes and the hip hop. So there were just why. a lot of interviews that were done that time and mm. I even saw them and pointed them out and I'm like, look, Wizkid's whole bravado, Wizkid is a dancehall artist first yeah, yeah. and so is Burner. Mm. And that's their love and that's their passion and they're the ones that champion it. It's different from Davido. Davido's da- done some dancehall-ish, but he's more pop and he's very traditional as well. Mm-hmm. He sings a mm-hmm. lot in Yoruba mm-hmm. and he, he he's one of the biggest proponents of the Yoruba language in mainstream music now, mm-hmm. Afrobeats, mm-hmm. that I'm very, very proud of. As a, as Can a, you, for our listeners, because yes. some they don't understand the difference between the tribes. You have okay. your Igbo, you Igbo. have Yoruba, you mm-hmm. have Hausa. Hausa is from the north, Igbo is from, from the, the east, Yoruba is from the southwest. And what's the difference between the tribes? There's no difference. We're all Nigerians. I think what the colonizers did was mm-hmm. try to divide us along religious lines. So mm-hmm. the, the north is very, very Muslim mm-hmm. and the southwest and east is very, very Christian. Even though there's Muslim in the southwest more than the east, but I think it, 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 the division is on religious lines. As, as a people, you would not know the difference between an Igbo man, 
and uh, and a Yoruba man or a Hausa man mm -hmm. if they were just wearing a white t-shirt. Right. But when you start wearing your the the Hausa man will wear the babariga, the Igbo man will wear the traditional, and the Yoruba man. And they have beads the... as well that you can yeah, see exactly. the difference with but the colors if, of. If if a Igbo, if an Igbo man, Hausa man, and Yoruba man just wearing a white t-shirt and jeans, you would not tell the difference. Right. So I think the division is because of political, mm -hmm. geopolitical, and religious lines. But there's no difference. I mean, there's a difference in the language, but really, in terms of how we relate as Nigerians, there's no difference. Who who have you spoken to thus far in Jamaica? Mm -hmm. uh, aside from myself, um, and Jason, who's my who's my friend, <laughs> and Jason. <Yeah. laughs> Jason, Jason, you become driver all. Uh -uh. <laughs> And my brother, you come to become driver. Oh, so he's brought me from London to be his driver. driver. In Jamaica. Yeah, it just makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. But you see, and he's only bought me one patty for my trip. No, sir. Uh -uh. <laughs> but you see, the thing is, when he comes to Nigeria, I'm the same. So uh, it's, it's you know. That's so when how I come is, to yeah. Nigeria now, who's going to yeah. take care of me? Well, yeah? I, I'll I'll take care of you. I, I can be your driver. It doesn't you know. I you take have you, you to have places, bulletproof yeah. security and all them something like them said yeah. while out No, no, I don't need all that. You I don't, don't need all that. Are you I, are you, you know, the boss? Well, I mean, apart from that, funny enough, a side story. <laughs> the, I have street credibility in Nigeria. Oh, like if if I say my name, people go, oh, oh, you know. But I'm not like out there on you know, media. Right. Most people know my name, but they don't know my face. Mm -hmm. So when I say my name, and I say my name full, I don't say my name is Ayo, I say my name is Ayo Shonaya. And they go, oh, Ayo Shonaya. Not even, you know, because of the documentary. No, but Ayo is a very common name though. Yeah, so I say my full <laughs> name. So they know my full name because, you see, the artist that I used to manage, the Fuji artist, a lot of it has praise singing in it. So there's a lot of times when maybe we're performing live somewhere and he sees me next to him and he calls my name. So people actually sing my name mm, because I the artist here say, I your omo show. Omo means the child of. So he goes, I your omo show. You know, so people always, so when they hear that name, they were like, oh, that's you. Oh yeah, you can come in. You can come in. I've actually, I've actually been in a situation before when somebody mentioned my name and everybody just calmed down and just left. They were about to, I don't know, maybe they were going to rob us or anything. <laughs> but when but when they heard my name, they were like, oh, ah, uh, oh, uh, about it. And then, you know. So, I'll so be, I will be in good hands, though. Yes, I don't need all the, Jason knows that, I don't need all the bulletproof or anything like that. <laughs> we drive around Magodo and, and VI calmly. Yeah, calm. Calmly. Calm, calm like Rema, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> calm down. So who is the future? Mm. You mentioned like mm. when we were talking yesterday, Rema, obviously Aristar, because mm -hmm. they 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 they've got the big guns of Don Jazzy. Yes, they've got the big machine behind them. Yeah. But I'm looking at, uh, you know, funny enough, I, I mean, I live in Atlanta as well, so I'm into a lot of. Isn't trap. that Atlanta the second hub of where all the Niger man them is? Well, it's Maryland. It's, Maryland. It, it, it used to be New York and Maryland, but now it's moved down south. So Atlanta is the bubbling. But but you know, Atlanta is. Is, is it like, the place where most people can go and find their Nigerian man? No, that's Houston. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> that's Texas. You go to Houston and Dallas, you'll find you find a bit more Igbo guys yeah. in Houston, Yoruba guys in uh, uh, Maryland, New York, a mix in Atlanta. But the Hausa guys, they're not really... They don't mix with yeah, the people. Uh -uh. Yeah, so, they don't, yeah. No, no, no. If, they... if you see any Hausa person in, in America... They don't even need to emigrate to America. They they come for holidays. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and then they go I back. have one good house sister in a friend oh. of mine. So. so if you're talking about, I'm into like trap because my son, 
you know, does trap. My son Baba, he's 23 years old and he's uh, he does that grime trap. I want him to get more into Afrobeats so I can help him. Yeah. But that's what he wants to do. So I'm trying to see if he can do it on He the needs Afro to come level. out of the trap because we don't want to be in a, a trap. It's a trap. So it's, it's, it's a trap, well, basically. Well, I mean, business-wise, I can make sure that he doesn't get, you know, like I can take care of his business and stuff like that. I mean, I would let him do whatever he wants to do. Right. You understand? If he can add a little bit of Afro in it, I'll be happy, but if it doesn't, I but mean, you, I don't so you, you're saying so your son can't be the future of the no, movement. No, 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 my son. What about piano? Because you told you corrected yeah, me. It's not yeah, ama piano. Yeah. It's piano. Yes, but the, the, everybody calls it ama piano because it's. Um, it, and do you it, think it's taken over? The sound has taken over from the traditional Afrobeat sound, or is ama it piano? Nope. Nope, no, no, no. If you're if you're in Nigeria, you you hear it from certain artists. Ashake is like the biggest Amapiano kind right. of like exponent. Right, you understand, and that's because of the it, he's not taking Amapiano. Amapiano is a whole big thing. Mm -hmm. Amapiano is a big um, Amapiano is a big. It's a culture. It's not. It's more than the music. It's culture. It's culture. It's dressing. It's uh, cuisine. It's sexuality. It's difference. It's you know, mm -hmm. but piano is. The ama in front of the piano is this is so ama. I don't know if you ever heard one time they were talking about ama kip kip in a, in 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 South Africa. No. There's a big thing. There's a t-shirt called ama kip kip. Okay. So it's like this is kip 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 is kind of like um, I think it's a restaurant, but it became so popular that the name, you know, they started putting ama kip kip, you know, on the shirt. So, the so same thing ama, ama means piano. ama means this is this is. So it's yes, really just piano. Is. Yeah. But then again, if you call it ama piano, that's where the world is calling it. Yes. Anyway. So Amapiano is not really taking over Afrobeats. Right. Not, not by any means. And what measure. do you think about everybody not calling it Afrobeats anymore, calling it Afrofusion or Afropop or... They are trying it's, it's, They are trying to... Which is legitimate, by the way. Mm -hmm. Even the Afrobeats name is still under contention, but that's mm -hmm. what everybody is calling it now. And I think that should be the umbrella name because Afrobeats means African beats. Right. So when you say fusion, I think Afrofusion sounds like a question. But Afrofusion is Afrobeats. It's the same thing because yes. Afrobeats is an amalgamation of all of these sounds. I know, but that's the thing. It's it's more of a. It's, if, if you say Afrofusion, I'll be like, okay, fusion with what? It, mm -hmm. it begs a question. Mm -hmm. But if you say Afrobeats, is there? That's why I prefer Afrobeats to Afrofusion. Bernard calls his music Afrofusion because he wants to respect fellow and Bernard is. Yeah, which is fine. Let, let's talk about my man. Okay. Ah. Uh -uh. Yeah. And how I, everybody, okay, and this was what, episode whatever that I mentioned Burner Boy in? Yes. Burner is, is, I didn't, I watched a documentary and I was a bit. Oh, sorry, did I just turn it off? I think I was. I don't Can know. you hear me? Let's talk again. Hello, hello? Yeah, you're back. Okay, okay, yeah. I watched a documentary and I was like, so where's Burner? Mm, as in the interview yeah okay. I watch everything I say we are we're my man there we're Bernard there eh? <laughs> you'll see in season 2 uh -uh. what's going on <laughs> come now I, I need to see Bernard yeah is Bernard in is gonna be in the next yes I, I've I, I did a short film with Bernard as well mm -hmm. so we're gonna get a lot of behind the scene me and him just goofing around right and stuff like and then an interview and you know so so maybe yes. you can tell Bernard about me <laughs> yes I will I mean I don't want him for sex. I just want to have an interview with Bernard and my moment with Bernard. Okay. okay. All right. I'll, uh, I'll put you right behind my my daughter fella, who's who calls Bernard his brother. Okay. Yeah. He she actually Bernard actually did a birthday shout out to her, 
and okay so i want my birthday sh- <laughs> I, 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 i'm going to call you now come on let me come tell you on. let me tell you how, it, how, how that came about because it was just before her birthday and that was when i was making a film so i was talking to him i've met him before mm-hmm. anyway you know so because there's a song called Olua, uh, in, a, in a song, Olua Bona Mobuna Feli. Hey. And my daughter's name is Fela. Uh, named after Fela, Fela Kuti. Right. So I, you know, so I said, uh, can you do a birthday shout out to my daughter Fela? So he was now doing, oh, this Fela, blah, blah. And then he went into that song and he was going, Olua Bona Mobuna Feli. And he did his hand like that. Yeah. Fela, I, I think if you can frame a video, <laughs> she has framed that. And, <laughs> yeah, so... But she 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 needs to meet him in person. Now, but Bonner's busy. He's so busy. I've been on the waiting list for him going on December, five months, six months now. Wow. Yeah. So Bernard is very much fell out two point because I fell in love with him. Okay. Before you before you go on on that tangent, a lot of people will not disagree with you. They would jump down your throat for you saying that. No, I know. Nobody I, wants you know to what? touch. No, 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 no. They don't let me finish. Okay. When I saw the energy of Fela, mm-hmm. obviously he uses a lot of Fela music and sounds and true, lines true, from, yeah. from him, his inspiration, his, yeah. mm-hmm. his presence yes. is very Fela. Yes. So I know what I'm saying. Yeah. And also because Fela was a dear friend of my father's as well. So oh, I yeah, know, yeah, I know that. Yes. So mm-hmm. I know what I'm saying when I mean mm-hmm. a little bit of a 2.0. He, he commands a stage. Mm-hmm. He knows how to, he just makes music not only about women, he makes music about life. He makes oh, yeah, music yeah, yeah. about what's going on in mm-hmm. in in Africa. He's mm-hmm. very African. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. When I say this compare, when I do this comparison with Fela, people jump on my throat to jump down my throat on Twitter as well. But I let them know that I knew Fela mm-hmm. like all of you little, you know, small boys. Small yeah, girl. talking about uh-uh. you never knew. I knew Fela from my age six to about 10, 11. There was no, if Fela is not on tour, I'm in Fela's house at least three times a week. I go from my primary school mm-hmm. and walk down to Fela's house just to go hang out, eat. He has like a community called Kalakuta. Listen to him. You know, he loves kids. So the kids get to come in and as long as you can sit on the floor, you know, in Nigeria, you're uh-huh. a kid, you can't be taking a chair when yeah, the adults no, no, are standing. No. You have to so be we on... always sit on the right. floor. But by sitting on the floor, we listen to him talk about Marcos Garvey, talk about uh, Malcolm X, talk about, you know, all the big... So Fela was very learned mm-hmm. in, you know... He was very militant. Yeah, and then he would go into the studio and record. We don't go into the studio, but we can hear. And then they have rehearsals outside. The studio is not that big for the whole band. So when they do the music, they now come into the backyard. And then Fela will be going, you know, two... And he said, you keep that, keep that bass right there. I watched Fela do this for like four or five years. I was there when his house was burnt. Wow. So I know Fela. So when people are When people say it, I say, look, have you seen Fela before? (laughs) No. If you haven't seen Fela before, don't argue with me about Bonaboy. So that's that's what it is. That's right. So we're going back. So what do you think the future for Burner is going to be? Because he's now moving into another direction. But he's not the only, only one doing. I mean, if you're talking about doing arenas now, what two days Wiz. time is gonna is gonna do? Wiz, you say he's gonna do on June third. He's gonna do the London Stadium, right? 
Which but is the he Olympic sold out. Now listen to this. He sold out the London Stadium and Beyonce didn't sell out as quickly as he did. As a, yeah, but the thing is, that's Beyonce. But then again, but no, Beyonce did out. not sell out as quickly as he did. That's what I'm saying. And that's, that's, a ma- that's a big deal for an African but artist. But you see, what you're doing is you're comparing Bonner with Beyonce, which in itself is no, mind No, 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 I'm not comparing. I'm not in that In sense, terms of selling tickets. In sense of an African artist. What I'm trying to say is Bonner is not the only one doing this. There's Wiz. Yeah. There's David. There's David, uh-huh. yeah. And now Ashake is doing the O2 Arena as well. He's going to sell out as well. Now it's about the selling out game. So mm-hmm. Bonner is not the only one selling mm-hmm. out stadiums. You understand? Yeah, Wiz is doing the same Tottenham Hotspur Stadium that... I uh, think he's doing it later on in the year. Later on in the yeah. year. And he's going to sell it out yeah. too. You know, so it's not So what a, is it? What Bonner. is it? Is it, it's, 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 it's the thing. What's so beautiful about it is, is, is our own people mm-hmm. that are buying these tickets. Yes. And are, and are selling it out. And not just our people as in Nigerians or Jamaicans. There's, 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 uh, all Africans in the UK. Mm-hmm. People flying from yeah, like people Paris. Flying, right. And, and then we have a fair share of the, you know, white people and everybody that loves the music as well so i would love to see a little bit more i want a festival here in jamaica like alberna did the stadium here Mm -hmm. i hope it really does influence more african artists to come because this is their home as well i think from from what i've been seeing in the last three four days that i've been in jamaica and i've been in kingston Mm -hmm. if ashake comes now I don't know if he's that popular with the Jamaicans here. Well, maybe he might not do the stadium, but if he comes and, you know, he does one or two shows Mm. and then they build him up again and he comes back, Mm -hmm. I bet he can do the stadium. Wiz has not come here and performed yet. It, it will soon. I I hope so. He comes here to record, but he hasn't come here to... Davido comes here to chill, Mm. but he has not come here to do a concert. And he has more of the popular songs here. He's very Mm. popular here Mm. in in Jamaica and the Caribbean. I mean, imagine the Afro Nation we just had in Miami. Right. If that was here in Jamaica. That would be the... Maybe that's the thing. I'll tell <laughs> Smith. I'll tell Smith. Yeah, Smed. they need to do that. They yeah. need to because do that. Because they're taking it around now. The next thing, is, the next one is going to be in Portugal, which is like Portugal's the Portugal's their home. One. That's their yeah. home. And then, I think it's done. Puerto Rico is doing Detroit mm-hmm. in June. Mm-hmm. And I'll speak to him like, man, Jamaica, that's your next... No, uh, if he does you know, Jamaica... Afro Nation in Jamaica is going to be a That's going to be a blast. Ooh, I can even see it right now. Rema, <laughs> Burner, Waze Aria. Like a Two Day, Aria Star. Ashake, you can uh, still bring Fireboy. Fi- yeah. Oh man. That would be massive. Yeah. As well as all of our stars. The whole that island we have of here. Jamaica will shake. <laughs> or sink. <laughs> well, we don't want it to sink though. <laughs> all right. So when can you give us when are you looking to release the season two? Uh, the releasing is not up to me, but I'm supposed to deliver the final cut end of July. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a six week period where we go through back and forth, quality control, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, some things, you know. So after six weeks, so six weeks after the end of July will be August, September. So we're looking at October, between October and December. I think if it comes in December, that'll be great. Um, I, I would and, love and, and me and you are going to put on a, a little showing here in Jamaica then. Okay, no problem. I can yes. do, I mean, I did one, for the first one I did, uh, uh, uh a premiere of the first two episodes mm-hmm. and it was such a big that was what actually in fact i did the premiere before netflix actually 
licensed it. Right. We've been talking to them from the beginning. They were not sure if it was going to go in a you know, documentary. We don't know. Because they want to just make films. They want to make better mm-hmm. Nollywood films. Mm-hmm. But they're thinking, oh, and, I, and they have. And they have, yeah. Yeah. But in yeah, a documentary, we don't know, especially a music documentary. But when I showed them like a proof of concept, then I was, oh, yeah, we want it. And I'm like, okay, I'm already doing it with my money. Right. So I'm just going to license it to you. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to show the first two episodes at the premiere because I had a sponsor. So the sponsor. So it was when they saw the first two episodes, they were like, okay, let's start talking. All right. And so that's what, And then that's what brought about the second one. Like it's, I'm contracted to make a second one and on a maybe to make a third one. So hey, let's see how it goes. Let's see the how trilogy. it goes. That, yeah, it's all the, yeah. the, the, the Trinity. The Trinity. Yes. <laughs> All right, yes. so thank you, my brother Ayo, oh, for we're taking done. the time I was out. Just we're done. Up. We're taking. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this episode. Um, thanks for listening, and big up to my new listeners on Revolt Podcast Network. I'm your host, Odessa. Linkage later's peace. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.